Welcome to another episode of the Transformation Podcast. I'm Chris Sanchez, and I'm joined by Darren Davis, founder and senior leader here at the Harbor Church. Darren, in this episode, we spoke to Kevin, and I got to sit down with him, and it was amazing. Kevin is such a special man. He is involved everywhere with regards to sound and what happens on Sundays and Fridays and Tuesdays. He's just everywhere. And his testimony is so unique and so special. So what were some of your thoughts when you got to hear Kevin's testimony? Well, first of all, Kevin Ruiz is probably the most kind, loving person I've ever met in my entire life. I mean, would you agree? I mean, my goodness. I mean, he just emulates the love of God. And I love his story. I think that it's going to resonate with so many people that grew up in church, you know, were raised in a Christian family. Kevin being from a Colombian family, Latin flair, you know very committed, sincere people to the Lord. But, you know, in, in the religion of it all, he, he really didn't find happiness and joy that I think he was ultimately seeking as a child and, and, and really thought and hoped that maybe if he went out there in the world, he could find it. And at the end of the day, he saw that nothing could really satisfy. So sit back and, and hold on, because it's a ride that he'll take us on in, in his journey to the ultimate bottom where God met him. And, and not to, to spoil the story, you met him in a, in a very dark place, and, and, and in that place completely uh, changed Kevin's heart and his life. And, and it didn't end there. It, it was a process from there to this day, to this moment, where I've even seen so much change in Kevin in the time that I've known him here at the harbor. So we just invite you. We're so glad that you're here to join us and, and listen on a, another profound testimony of a life transformed by God. Enjoy. Kevin is the sound guy here at the Harbor. He's the one behind the giant board, and he's here every day. It feels like. Doesn't it feel like it's every day practically? Basically. Like you have just a cot in the actual sanctuary just here. It's funny you say that. One time I was uh, talking about, I was joking around with Daniel that I had a cot in this room, actually. I believe it, man. Normally, you are behind not talking, you know, and you're just capturing the audio. And now you're on the other side of the mic, and we're here to hear your voice. Yeah, I'm a little nervous. <laughs> no, don't be nervous, lie. man. It's going to be fine. When you hear transformation and how God has transformed what has happened in your life, what comes to mind? Well, when you were saying that, I just, when you're talking about transformation, I just remember being in a bad place when I, you know, about 10 years ago. I just turned 18, and then I just remember um, flashback to being in a jail cell, actually, and me praying to God, and then thinking of where I am now, and how I've been reborn from from that place, and I think of just God's goodness and that nothing's impossible, you know, with God. Take us there. Was that the darkest, was that the lowest point, sitting in that jail cell? Yeah, f- for sure. For me, it was, uh, it was a point of realization that where I realized how far I had strayed from God, how far I had strayed from who I even was, because you were a Christian before that point? Right. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, I was born into a Christian family, Ho- Holy Spirit, praying in tongues, seven years old. I, I loved God early in my years. You know, as I got older in my teenage years, I saw some some things in the church that I didn't agree with, and it led to me kind of being hurt and just losing trust for, for God's work even in the in the church and 
And so I had this moment with the Lord where I said, God, your word says that you hate lukewarmness and that you'd rather someone be hot or cold than lukewarm. And I said, Father, I don't think I can be hot right now. And so, and I know that you'd rather me be cold than lukewarm. So I'm going to, I'm going to be cold. Wow. And uh, yeah, when I was 17, that led me to a dark, dark path after that. Man, I had a really similar situation. I was, I went to a Christian school and I was brought up in the faith, not spirit filled as much, but it was a sound foundation. And then same kind of thing. I was, I felt lukewarm. <laughs> like I felt in my body lukewarm. I would be at chapel or at school or whatever, even at church at another church I would go to. And I just felt in, in like my body temperature was lukewarm. And then, and then the same thing, I kind of just stepped out. I was like, okay, this is, this is not working. Wow. So, uh, so then you go, you, you make that step. What, where did you start to see things kind of break down? Well, so I started with there and then I just said, well, you know, I, in my heart, I was just thinking, Hey, I tried, you know, I tried the God thing and I'm not happy. Right. So let's, let me see, look for happiness and what the world thinks that happiness. That was a conscious decision. you Yeah. Made. Yeah. It was foolish, extremely foolish, uh-huh. but it was just, Hey, this is where I'm at, you know, and, you know, being a teenager and just, I kind of wanted to explore, like, I saw what God had for me in the church at that point in my life. I didn't like it, a lot of it. And so I said, well, let me see what's out in the world, you know, so that led me to girls, that led me to drugs, that, and it didn't start out, you know, zero to a hundred and from one day to the next, but it was a slow progression until I eventually found myself where I was. What happened, if you don't mind sharing? Yeah, so I, I had left a party, and uh, at the at that time I was selling drugs, and I was in college, it was my freshman year in college, and so I had left the party, and I was going to my friend's house to just drop off some, some marijuana for him, and uh, I got pulled over. I had been followed by the police. And for some reason, up before that point, God had a lot of grace on me. So I'd been pulled over with drugs maybe five, six times before that, and the cops would always let me go. And I think that was just God's grace on me. But then, in the other extent, it was God's grace that he finally let me get caught because a good father disciplines his sons. Yeah. So he tried it, he gave me the grace, and then finally he gave me the grace in another way where I find myself that night in a jail cell. So you're sitting in jail and then what are you thinking? What are what are you feeling? What's that what are those moments? Can you take us there? Well, I'm sitting in jail and I'm going, "Oh my gosh, I'm a failure." You know, I'm I had to have messed up really bad to lose my freedom, right? You know, I started praying and I heard God's voice and he spoke to me and he said, "None of this matters." The only thing that matters is our relationship together. Did God speak to you like that commonly? I mean, because this seems like it's coming out of nowhere. It was because I had ignored his voice for so long. I think it had been maybe about a year and a half before since I heard him kind of speak to me a little bit. And I just remember the Holy Spirit telling me like, hey, you don't have to do this. And I just remember just telling him to shut up. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear it. 
I don't want to hear it. I was mad and I was bitter and I was angry. I said, I don't want to hear it right now. So finally, in that jail cell, I heard the voice again because I, I, I was open. I said, Lord, like, wh what do I even do? And that's when he spoke to me and he said, none of this, none of this matters. That's what the blood's for. This is freedom. And, and I began to actually worship. I began to actually jump up and down in the jail cell and worship God. And honestly, it's, it's funny because in that moment, I had so much freedom and so much love that I hadn't felt in years. And so in that jail cell, I actually felt more free than I had before I got arrested. Wow. I mean, so you have, you have this encounter uh, bringing you back to a place probably in, I mean, definitely in deeper levels. You heard it and you felt free inside jail, which is just, isn't that him? Right. Like, isn't that him just to use the environment that, that the world might see? This is the lowest you'll be. And then he's like, none of this matters. So then you get this experience, you get out, and then what happens? So then that started, that started a process in my heart. I'm not going to say that, hey, everything changed in one, in one day. It took me years for the Lord to really start to work out some things. But the process had started where I said, Lord, I have to change. And it wasn't easy for me, specifically because none of my friends were saved. And part of the reason why I was actually upset at the church was because I felt like when people used to go astray, they would just turn their backs on them. And so I said, Lord, I never want to turn my back on, on friends. Unfortunately, I think that ended up doing more harm than it did good because I was putting myself in atmospheres that weren't holy. So that started the process. I started going back to church, and, and then I uh, actually started a ministry at my college for the Christian Leadership Association, and... How long? How long after? It wasn't long. It was not long at all. I would say I would say in less than six months, I became the vice president. And then I had a season where just, I don't know what, what he did in me, but I was on fire like never before. And, and yeah, actually, the, the day I went to the Christian Leadership Association, it was my first meeting, and I ran for vice president. And my cousin actually ran for president. It was his first time, too. And we both won. It was just a miracle. And so the, the, even the people who, the, the, the last president of the association was shocked because she was like, we've never seen you guys here before. You guys are now the new president and vice president of the association. And we couldn't be happier because we've been praying for change. There hasn't been any men in this association at our school and things have gotten kind of, you know, redundant. And so we're so happy. And it ended up being phenomenal, a phenomenal season where, I mean, we had hundreds of people praying and worshiping in the middle of the school. And it was great. It shows the results of transformation of when God really puts his hand over someone's heart and changes it. Take us through that time of I'm, I'm here, Lord. I'm on fire for you. Now I'm the vice president along with my cousin. And we're in part of this new environment and things are changing. Up until that, I just remember um, some of the healing that God had did was in my mind. I used to think so many thoughts. It was, I didn't have peace. 
sometimes I couldn't sleep at night because there was all these things running through my head. I ended up doing like a three-day fast. And in that three-day fast, it just opened my eyes spiritually. And my heart opened up like never before. And the Lord healed me. He healed my mind to the point where I just had complete peace. And he just, he showed up like the most intense. You know, I started seeing things in the spirit that I had never seen. I started seeing angels following me around. It was really an incredible season. And Had that happened before? To be honest with you, not really. No, never. That's why it was so shocking. And I had so many questions because I'd look behind me and, you know, see a silhouette of a person and of an angel, you know. And so it was really shocking to me. And I was like, Lord, well, I don't know what's happening, but, but thank you. But thank you for just your love and your grace and, and what you have for me in this season. And it was just awesome. Can you elaborate and go deeper into that season when you're seeing things and you're hearing things that you have never experienced before? So for me, because he had did this healing in my mind where I had all this peace, I wasn't, maybe it was me being naive, but I wasn't even realizing exactly what was happening. I'd be like, oh my gosh, I see an angel behind you moving. This is weird. But it never even hit me until after I maybe would tell someone like, hey, this is what I saw. And then they'd be like, oh my gosh, really? And I'd be like, yeah. I don't know. You know, it's I, I it's hard to talk about because yeah. it just happened. There's nothing that I did to make that happen. There's nothing that I focused on or nothing that I read to for this to happen. It just happened out of that first love season that I had. You mentioned before process. I think for me, it's kind of where I'm at right now. Experiencing process and Saul didn't become Paul right after his eyes were healed, you know, and he wasn't blind anymore. It took a process before he stepped into Paul. Can you talk about how important it is to wait and still work through the process after revelation and after deep transformation? Yeah, so after that, what I've noticed in my own journey with God is that there's a lot of emotion involved, which is great. But just because you're feeling great doesn't mean that there's still not heart issues that you need to walk out with the Lord. So actually, after that season, I ended up in another season of backsliding. And I had to confront a lot of this, a lot of similar things that I had confronted before. So I would say it was almost like, let's say the honeymoon phase ended and it's like, okay, well, there's still a lot of stuff in my heart that I need to walk through. And I would say that it really took me a few years of this process to get full freedom. And not only that, but I'm still walking through through the process as with every year that comes, the Lord begins to highlight more things. There was a key season in my life where the where I kept getting all these thoughts coming back. And at first, I thought that it was Satan. I was like, oh my gosh, my my thoughts. I keep thinking about all these sins in the past. I have all these things that, uh, all these offenses that people did to me. And Lord, God, please take them away. And then I heard the Holy Spirit say, that's not Satan bringing up those thoughts. That's me. I'm bringing them up because I want to heal them. Hmm. And so that ended up, that started a whole nother process that lasted a while where thought, these thoughts would come to my head 
and I'd have to submit them back to the Lord and say, Lord, I want to be healed of this. I give you this memory of my pain, this memory of this offense or this memory of my own sin. And I pray the blood of Jesus over it. And I would I would feel like a, a little bit of a breath or like a little bit of a refreshment come to, to my soul. And uh, that lasted for a long time. And it also helped aid a lot of healing in my heart. And then it even started a process where I would go back and talk to people that I knew I had wronged, like my brother, my mother, my father, close friends, and just asking for forgiveness to receive more freedom in those places. Because something happens when you when you apologize, something happens when you repent, and I believe that it, it's a catalyst for, for more freedom. You're saying this stuff and my heart is like coming out of my chest. Because that's happening to me right now. I don't know why these old thoughts or these old pains are, have been brought up. And you're just giving word to what I've been asking for. It's just like, wow. How did you go from that experience to your college and then you get connected here into this house at the harbor? How, how did What was that journey like? So I'll be honest and say that I believe... And I'm not just saying this. I truly believe that the harbor was one of the greatest helps to me really being transformed. And I know we always say transform people, transforming culture. But when I came here and I saw Darren and I saw Grant and I saw, you know, Justin and Julie. And because before that, like I'd said, I didn't have any friends that were Christian. And the few Christians that I did know, for the most part, weren't really giving their 100% to God. So when I saw, hey, there's people actually living this out, living what I read in the Bible, reading what I, what I read in the Word, it just gave me joy in my heart because I said, all right, well, let's do it. Let's go on the journey together. And, and not only can it be done, it's being done. And I'm, I'm all in because my heart wants to give God everything. So then, so then you, you jump in here and then right after you go to the soundboard, I mean, how were you able to serve so much? You're a stalwart, dude. Like I remember during a summer you took off, I think a month or a month and a half. And you had mentioned to me before, when was the last time you took time off before that? Years? I mean, I think every year I've been like maybe one Sunday a year. So yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, that's a whole nother miracle of how I got connected I went into uh, a retreat called um, Sons and Daughters with Grant in the youth ministry. And I was hanging out with this sound guy there that Justin had introduced me to. And so I just talked to him and I got back from the retreat and, and God moved. And then the next day, he actually texted me and said, hey, Kevin, I have this opportunity for you to go on tour as an audio engineer. And do you want this? And I said... Well, let me pray about it. And on that retreat, God told me to go back to school and stuff, right? So so it just so happened that the the tour was three weeks. School was like four weeks away. So it was perfect for me to go on the tour. I went on the tour, traveled, you know, through America, learned a lot. And then the ministry that I went with actually ended up offering me a job there. I was I was excited, but I said, Lord, I don't want to do that unless you really want me to, because my heart's at the harbor, and I'd really like to help them with their sound. 
because prior to that, I had been serving, running the sound a little bit. That was about maybe four years ago. And I was in the airport praying, and then actually Darren called me, and he said, hey, we've been praying about it, and you know, we'd like to offer you an opportunity to join the team, and how do you feel about that? And I felt great. <laughs> I felt great because I really wanted to, like, you know, love my community well with what what God put in my heart. And that helped me really become a part of the community a lot more, obviously. And that's how I started here. For those of you who have volunteered at a church before or are thinking about it, right, you hear Kevin's testimony of, yeah, pretty much I took one day off, I took a month off, but it's been every Sunday. And a word that is kind of common around people who serve at church is the word burning out. Mm, yeah. Can you talk about that? Can you talk about how you have not gotten to that level and how people who are in that level can get back to a place of just serving without feeling overwhelmed or burned out? I think the issue is a, much, a very personal issue. When I've had seasons where I, I felt a little burned out, and in those seasons, I have to look back and say, what am I taking on that's not of you, Lord? Because at the end of the day, you're responsible for your relationship with God. God already gave everything. Now it's time for us to give Him everything every day. And so I think a healthy thing is taking breaks. I think that sometimes we can shun people for taking breaks. And it's like, hey, you know, if you need a two months off, take two months off. You don't have to bottle this in until you leave a church and then now you're, it causes more pain. So I think just um, keeping your heart healthy through the process, being vulnerable, being real, and being honest is a key to not burning out and remembering why you're doing it. You know, you're not doing it for people. You're ultimately doing it for God. And if you're not being noticed or if no one's appreciating you, that's okay because your reward doesn't come from people. It comes from God himself. It might sound simple, but even just praying like, Lord, you know, what What do you want me to do in the season? And what don't you want me to do in the season? Because the Lord's most concerned about our heart health than what we can do for him. He doesn't need what we can do. He just needs a yes from us. Now you're in a new season. There's someone else now that you're partnering with in your walk. How has that changed the way that you fellowship with God, the way that you view serving, the way, just everything. How has marriage changed from Kevin before to Kevin now? So marriage has really been an eye-opener for me to see areas in my heart where I was just prideful and selfish. That marriage, just it just brings it all out to the front, you know. I mean, <laughs> there's nothing like marriage that, that bring, really just brings out everything and it's been incredible being with her and learning from her and seeing just how an amazing person she is. On top of that, just seeing the family structure, seeing what God, God's blueprint for life, God's blueprint for family, God's blueprint in the body. It's just changed, you know, the way that I see him. It's changed the way that I see myself. And it's still changing, you know. It's been a beautiful process with Anna and even her family has taught me so much you know no longer do I just have my own mom and dad I have another set of mom and dad and God's used them a ton to really show me more about what the father looks like it's been awesome 
two more things and then and then we're gonna all right we gotta wrap up you talked about a little bit about prayer life right okay what was your prayer life before you said i'm gonna go cold what was that prayer life when you were on fire like right after that encounter so my prayer life was almost uh becoming non-existent to when when i decided to go cold I only really prayed when I really needed something from God. It wasn't really like I knew him as a friend. It wasn't really like I knew him as a father. I didn't really even understand the concept that much. So that was that when I was on fire, the difference was night and day. It was no longer, I was actually always thinking about God and kind of always praying, to be honest with you. Because I realized that there doesn't just need to be times where I pray for 10 minutes or pray for an hour. I can be praying all the time because he's with me all the time. And if I invite him and leave my heart just open to the fact that he's here with us right now, and I start being aware and conscious of it, then to me that's actually what prayer is almost. It's being aware and conscious that he's with you, he's in you, he's around you, and that he's part of every moment that you're living. For those who are struggling maybe in their prayer life or in their moment and based off the experiences and, and the testimony that you have, can you lend to something, some insight maybe to something that God shared with you personally that's been able to carry you through those different seasons and now that you hold on to it? I would say the few things that have helped me are just being sincere with God. He's not looking for a performance, and he's not looking for for works. You know, he's not looking for what you can do for him. Did you struggle with that? Yeah, I, I would say I did. You know, I was part of most mostly Latin churches, which are very works-oriented. But I think that's even just a human thing. You know, sin brought, sin brought death, and with death, one of the curses was that Adam says, you will now work by the sweat of your brow. So Jesus undid that, but it's hard to get that out of you because we have that in us. So just being sincere with the Lord. And honestly, what's really helped me a lot is taking a break from everything, taking a deep breath, and just acknowledging that I have the Comforter with me, that the Holy Spirit's here, and that I don't have to press in for God because He tore the veil. I'm there. And when I can... When I can just remind myself that, it brings just life to my soul. Thank you, Kevin, so much for sitting down and sharing your story. I know people are going to be blessed by it. Thank you. Man. I hope so. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Transformation Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harvard Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.